0: Wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what i've done over the years there's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal we want to be inspirational educational but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well
1: last week i had jed feder on thanks for having me back again Just pick up a couple places where you're going and coming from. If you can only put five or six traps out, you're still going to make an impact. One or two coons off a piece of property, that could mean the difference between saving two or three turkey nests in the springtime.
0: What's a muskrat taste like?
1: It has its own flavor. It's It's a dark red meat. If you could take and mix bear and beef, I would almost compare that to muskrat.
0: So, I got an idea. But we need to do something in the off season where we take animals that are on the less desirable list and we'll throw a bunch of stuff on the smoker.
1: This is a great idea.
0: We'll obviously bring our better halves into this because making plans that involve them without their knowledge doesn't go over well.
1: (laughs) And normally backfires. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins.
0: All right, guys and gals. Welcome back to another episode of hunting day. Last week I had Jed Fetter on and we talked about flintlock hunting with a custom 54 caliber flintlock muzzleloader that he and his dad built. And he was able to take it out during the Pennsylvania early muzzleloader season. And he took a a really nice doe with it. But we also talked about Daniel, his seven year old son and all the life lessons that he is learning along the way. And I'm really, I, I say this, I am very proud of Jed and that, and for a lot of reasons, but what he's teaching Daniel is amazing. And actually I think at times what Daniel is teaching Jed is amazing because I know that goes both ways in my household. I like to think I teach my kids, but at the same time, they teach me probably just as much. And uh, that's just part of being a human learning and growing every day and it doesn't matter who's teaching you there's someone that can always teach you something and so jed is just he's killing it he's teaching daniel he's taking him hunting daniel killed his first deer with a bow this year he missed his uh a a buck I, i think it was his first miss ever with a bow and so that's part of the life lessons that we get to learn as hunters is it's no guarantee as much as we like to think we're the best and we're the greatest at what we're doing. There's, there's always that one limb that will humble you. And, uh,
1: (laughs) am I right Jed? Oh, you're definitely right. Thanks for having me back again.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. So I, I really appreciate you all the times that you've been on here. This will be your fourth episode of being on the show. You were on episode 11, episode 12, episode 29 and this one's 30 and so it's just it's really cool to look back and see from episode 1 till now and i've had so many great guests and I, i'm my plan is to have as many of y'all back as 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 many as many times as y'all want to come because i know that you're adding value to to the people who are listening and i get so many people that are like man the trapping two part series i learned so much and so many people said about when you took your dog they're like their head blew like that just blew their mind right that no one thought about that
1: one of those simple little things it's just it that's the fun thing about what we do it's the little things that can make such a big difference and it doesn't matter if it's trapping or deer hunting Pheasant hunting, just little tiny tricks of the trade can mean night and day differences.
0: So speaking of pheasants, I killed a pheasant with my blowgun. All right. it was He wasn't flying, but he made the mistake of thinking that I was an innocent log sitting at the base of a tree, and he made it within eight yards of me. I'm going to say give or take eight yards. He could have been seven. He could have been nine. I didn't range him. I just... Um, stuck a, a blow dart right through his neck, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. But it's just I wasn't going to bring that up because I was kind of saving it for for maybe like a blowgun series or whatever. But when you said pheasant, I'm like, man, I gotta tell him right.
1: Oh, hey, what any better time?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I I'm just I'm a I'm a hunter, and whether it's bow gun. Muzzle loader, spear, blowgun. Like, let's do it. Let's go have fun. Let's, let's kill it.
1: As long as I'm in the woods with a weapon in my hand, I am happy. And there's no better place to be. I think we need to call uh, Tim Wells out to uh, try flintlock cutting. And if so, he does that, I'll pick a spear up.
0: Ooh, all right. I'm going to send it to Tim and say, you've been called out. Um, <laughs> absolutely. So in the, trapping world. Right? You gave us a very high level like 30,000 foot view in episode 1. Episode 2, you got more down in the weeds and why you do what you do, how you do it, what your thought process is. Um this episode, I'm going to leave like the floor is yours. But I do some things I do want to touch on is like kind of what your plans are for this year what you've done to prepare for this year. And since the last episode, is there anything that you thought about that you're like, man, I should have said this or, you know, or maybe you didn't, maybe you covered it all. Uh, so I'm going to leave the, fl- the floor is yours, man. I'm going to leave this uh, and you take it from there.
1: All right. Sounds good. So uh, for this year, my trapping is going to be slim due to uh, the rise in fuel cost. Um, trapping is a passion of mine. I love it. But I had to make a choice between doing something I love or feeding my family. And uh, to be running $100, $150 worth of diesel fuel through my truck in a day, just can't afford to do it. So uh, I do plan on running a few traps on places that I trap to and from work, um, which is that is a great way for any blue-collar, hardworking person who wants to trap but doesn't have the time or money to do it. Just pick up a couple places where you're going and coming from. You know, you don't have to put dozens and dozens of traps out. You know, if you can only put five or six traps out, you're still going to make an impact. One or two coons off a piece of property, that could mean the difference between saving, you know, two or three turkey nests in the springtime. Um, you know, catching one or two coyotes could mean saving five or six deer fawns, you know. So it doesn't matter the amount that you're doing. It matters just to do it. Um and it do, I don't. Doesn't matter what you're pursuing. You could be pursuing your predators, your foxes, your coyotes, and your raccoons, or you could be helping a farmer out by trapping the muskrats out of his pond. Say you got a pond on your way to work that has muskrats in it. Pull them out. You know he's going to thank you. He's not going to have a pond that drains because they've burrowed holes the whole way through it. So, or it could be you know a farmer who has a beaver problem in a pasture. Go pull the beavers out so they don't flood his pasture. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where we do it to help each other. And it can still be a passion, even if you're not able to be running 100-some traps a day. So I, I chose to be more of a deer hunter this year. It's going to put uh, f- food in my freezer. It's going to feed my family all next year. So, and uh, I, I don't really eat many of the animals I trap. So I will eat the muskrats and the beaver. But other than that, you know, I, I haven't brought myself to eat fox or coyote or raccoon yet. Just I'm not that hungry quite yet.
0: So what's a muskrat taste like?
1: A muskrat? Um, it has its own flavor. It's a, it's a dark red meat. Um, it almost reminds me of bear and beef. If you could take and mix bear and beef, I would almost compare that to muskrat. It still has that gaminess of bear, but it has that sweetness that beef does. Um, Beaver, on the other hand, one of my favorite things to eat. I would eat that over a T-bone steak any day of the week. It is that good. It is just a sweet, tender meat.
0: Really? Yes. So this is news to me. So you would take beaver – over like a juicy porterhouse
1: every day of the week the uh the back straps out of a beaver now they're not much bigger than a 50 cent piece is you know not a big animal but the little medallions that you can cut out of that whether you put them in a frying pan or you cook the whole thing as a long back strap in the smoker the the flavor and the just the texture of it it is it is an amazing cut of meat they, they're a very clean animal, you know they they eat nothing but wood and grass. so and our ancestors lived off of them for years. when I mean when they first came to the United States, the beaver trade was huge, and that's what the you know the mountain men. They lived off a of beaver. That was their primary diet. So something like that, I think, is something that we've forgotten about through the uh, modernization of the world, the mainstreaming of beef and pork and chicken.
0: So this is, this is news to me. All right, so muskrat and beaver, but you would take beaver over, uh, like, prime rib any day. So, all right, I like it. So I'm going to throw this out there. What is your best beaver recipe?
1: My best beaver recipe? All right, it would probably have to be I'm going to use Pit Boss SPG uh, seasoning. I will lay bacon across the top, and then I will smoke it until it gets internal temperature of 155, 160. Let it rest, reverse sear it, and you're talking about one of the best pieces of meat you've ever had. A hind quarter in the, in the crock pot with onions and carrots is pretty darn good, too. All
0: right. So, I have a request. Yes. Catch a beaver for me this year.
1: Yep. If I can find one, I'll catch one.
0: Okay. Okay. I will, in my transit, because I work in Pennsylvania, so I drive, you know, all the way past you multiple times. I will either pick it up on my way to work or on my way back from work. And, uh, uh dude, I'm excited. Honestly, I would love to take it up because I cook for the rig a lot. Okay. But I, w- but I would not tell them.
1: That's the best way to do it. Best way to a, do it.
0: We'll go, you know, we'll go to Texas and we'll kill different exotic animals and whatnot. And I always like to bring, you know, like I'll save a certain portion for the rig. And typically I'll smoke a bunch of different meats at one time. And it's anybody's guess as to what they are. Now, like the elk ribs, that was a no-brainer, right? I mean, they're huge. Um, But I've done red stag. I've done fallow. I've done axis black buck. Um, I've done Oryx, Eland and I've thrown in wild hog, like different, like hindquarters or, you know, the baby back ribs and things like that. But yeah, I, it's a, you, you never know. And so the, the, the going joke is you don't know if you're eating zebra or giraffe when I come to pad (laughs) with food and, uh, neither of which have I ever eaten. However, I hear zebra is amazing. So I would. Definitely not be opposed to 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 taking one of them out sometime soon, but
1: um, I nor I normally won't turn my nose up to anything. Um, I, I do butcher hogs at my house every year, and a couple of years ago, a friend of mine harvested a bear, and he gave me the meat because he didn't want it. So I turned it into I turned a lot of it into sausage. So I got a couple packs out the morning that we butchered, and I fried it up, and everyone's like, "My goodness, this is." this is just amazing. What is this? I said, that's bear. They're like, what? I'm like, yep, that's bear meat. They're like, oh, I've never had bear tasted this good. I said, well, just all in how you prepare it. And that's something I think we forget about a lot of our wild game is most of it's good. It's just, there's certain things you have to do to take some of the gaminess out or some of the foul tasting. Cause you know, these animals have glands in them that if you don't remove them, yeah, they're not going to taste very well.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure you've seen on Facebook, there's a picture floating around of like bleeding your wild game, like icing it down in a, in a chest. And, you know, that's something that I've never done, but um, we've always ha- hung our deer, let them kind of like dry age that way or whatnot. What's, what's your experience, right? Is that like you don't ice yours down?
1: No, I'm a huge fan of get it home, skin it out, let it hang for as long as you can let it hang, especially if it's cold out you know, 10 to 14 days, you're going to talk about some really good venison. If you can let the enzymes start to break down and tenderize that meat. So that's just, that's, I, I worked in a butcher shop. That's what you do with beef. Um, you do it with uh, lambs, you do it with goats. Not the only thing we didn't do in a butcher shop was age pork. So, you know, I don't see why we wouldn't try to age our, our wild game either. So it just, there's a, biological breakdown in the meat that makes it better for consumption. So, I mean, I know one of the big crazes now with beef is dry-aging it for multiple weeks on end, and they get like this, almost like a mold on the outside that they cut off, but stuff sells for high dollar because it tastes much better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they just shave that off, right, and then start cooking. So, um, it's definitely... I I love to eat and I rarely, and I mean this, I rarely will buy red meat Um, unless I'm at a restaurant or something. then I might order a burger or a good steak or something. But for me at my house, if, if we're eating red meat, it's something that someone in my family has killed something that we've harvested on some sort of trip that we've been on or local. Um, I don't throw rocks at whitetail, but I can tell you, like, if I have my rathers, I'd rather eat something like an axis or an elk, you know, but I'm, I will, like, I grew up on whitetail, so it's one of those things where that's my go-to. It's easy. I love to take a tenderloin, slice it thin, roll it in flour, put a little, you know, butter in the pan, and... This is the great debate in my house um, between me and April. She likes hers crispy. And I like mine, not soggy, obviously, but I like my flour to just start to crisp. But April is a crispy.
1: If I was eating chicken, I would agree with her. But when it comes to the deer meat, I'm I'm on your side with this. I like that just starting to crisp up, but not quite crispy. Just that real kind of golden brown to yes. grayish color you know just when that butter really starts to brown in the pan that's when it comes out and you still got oh, a little bit man. of the red leak you get a little bit of the red still leaking out of it and you know it's perfect oh that,
0: like i'm getting hungry right now thinking about this you know <laughs> a little salt and pepper and the best thing rarely does it ever make a day two in my household because we'll just we devour it right but if it ever makes a day two, make you a sandwich, take you two lo- yes. or two two slices of bread and then a little mustard, put it on top. I, I'd eat that in the in the stand all day long. Like every time I I have multiple times been like, I'm gonna cook this for the stand tomorrow. And it never makes it to the stand because I just I'm a <laughs> I'm a I'm a deer tenderloin like monster. I love it. I love it. But you've opened my eyes, man. Cause I never even thought about eating a muskrat or even a beaver. Like that's, I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, you, you, you look at fur bearer and you just think fur, right. Yes. You don't look at it as a, you know, not necessarily a delicacy, but as a, you know, a, a tangible protein source. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm 100%. I'm going to hold you to the fact that you're gonna catch a beaver this year. Actually, I'm rooting for you to catch a beaver this year, <laughs> and like, I don't want to take the only beaver you trap this year. But if we split some, like, I just want to try it, man. I just, I'm- I have
1: no, no problem sharing anything that I catch. So, because I one one of these days, I am gonna get brave enough. I'm gonna try a raccoon. I'm gonna try a fox. I'm gonna try. Coyote, one of these days, I just don't know quite when yet. So, and I know I've I've read several books where they talk about possum, and possum is just an amazing meal to eat. And uh, I just can't. I, I've skinned them out. I've seen the grease and the gristle that comes off of them, and I just, I just don't feel like I've hit that low spot yet to where I have to try it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, they look like a big rat. That's what they look like. That's what they look like to me. So I got an idea. I've never done like a live podcast. However, I feel like we need to get together all season, right? That way. Cause like right now it's tough with like all of my guests are hunters and it's hunting season. The only thing that's really helped me is, um, daylight saving. And I hate that by the way, who wants to see it get dark at five 30, but that's neither here uh, nor there. I'm um, all
1: for just doing away with it all. Just yeah. let it stay the way it is.
0: Yeah. But we need to do something in the off season where we take animals that are on the less desirable list, right? Where we save them, you know, as whether you kill a coyote during uh deer season or you know out predator hunting um or if I kill a fox or something, you know, um Let's uh let's take animals, we'll skin them out, we'll we'll prep them properly, but freeze them. And in the off season, we'll have y'all down. Y'all come down to the house, right? And we'll throw a bunch of stuff on the smoker, or we'll even come up to Pennsylvania. It don't matter, right? And then afterwards, like once they're done, we'll we'll turn the mics on and we'll sit around and we'll talk about what we're eating and what we think about it.
1: Oh, that sounds like a great idea. We'll just do, like, back straps and hind quarters, you know, to make it easy for the freezer space.
0: Yeah.
1: This is a great idea. So I'll I'll face my fears with somebody.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's going to be one of those things where maybe, like, our wives know what we're eating, but we don't.
1: That would work very well.
0: That way, like, mentally, we're not, like, we're already predetermining a taste. We just try it. And maybe even let them throw in some, like, white tail, you know, to throw it off or something. You know, uh, I'm on to something here. You bring your family down. Like, the kids can go play and have fun. And, like, we're going to cook some stuff. And we're going to have what I think is going to be a really good time. I think there's going to be food that we're going to be, like, pleasantly surprised.
1: Now, the real trick will be getting my wife to try it. Because I don't think my wife will try any of it. So, there might have to be some chicken nuggets are on the side there, too. She can eat at the kids' table.
0: So, I'm going to say Ava, or April, well, even Ava, I'm going to say wouldn't try it. They're just going to have to be the ones that have the, like, the the index card of what it is. And they're going to laugh at us. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure they're going to laugh at us.
1: But I guarantee you Daniel will be game the whole time to do it. So this, that boy, he wants the heart. He wants the liver. He wants... Everything out of his animals that is edible. He even out of his turkey, he wanted the gizzard. And I that's another part I have instilled in him that you know what? He's using every possible bit that he can use out of those animals. So uh, just another thing from last episode to recap one here. Just I'm so proud of that boy for how he is he goes above and beyond what is expected.
0: That's amazing, man. And again, that's you. That is the way that y'all raise him. Now, granted, I think some of that is like an internal, you know, that's what God has instilled in him and what God has called him to do. But you're you're molding that, you're you're parenting that in the right direction. And I've said it before. I'm proud of you, and I I just I love it. And I'm I am starving now. By the way, and so. I'm really looking forward to – we got to put a date on this. Like, maybe during turkey season. Oh. Come, y'all come down to Virginia. We'll do some turkey hunting.
1: And That is on Daniel's bucket list. He says, Dad, we're going to Virginia next year to turkey hunt because it comes in before Pennsylvania season. So, he told me turkey hunting is his sport next year. He doesn't want to play baseball. He wants to turkey hunt. So, I'm thinking – Middle of April, first of April, sometime.
0: Yeah, I want to say our youth season is normally the first weekend in April or the second weekend in April, and we can get him. You know, I can't guarantee anything, right? But we can we can put y'all in some really good spots, and uh, we can do some public land hunting. We can do. I've got a, a couple of connections on private land, not big tracks, but some stuff that we can see what happens. Right. And, uh, yeah, I say we do that because you can only hunt till lunchtime anyway. So yep.
1: all afternoon to cook.
0: Yeah, let's do it. And then y'all just stay the night there and, uh, we'll hang out and dude, I, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to, we need to look at the schedule at the calendar for you season, Virginia, if it winds up and, uh, Typically, it's like a week before you season Pennsylvania. That'll be perfect. It won't interfere with y'all being able to hunt up there. We'll, we'll obviously bring our better halves into this because if you're like me, um, making plans that involve them without their knowledge doesn't go over well.
1: <laughs> and normally backfires.
0: Yeah. So I'll get with April and uh, you get with your wife on your end. I know my kids are gonna love it. They're gonna love spending time with your kids, and uh, we'll have everybody over, and it, it's just gonna be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll even throw some cameras up, right? And I tell you what, like, all right, let's uh, let's let's not limit this to just us, right? If you got somebody's like with Keystone, maybe bring them down, and I'll I'll even I'll give old Ted Nestor a call because Ted. Ted likes to eat, and it's a good thing we got a podcast because, well, I, I shouldn't say that. That wasn't nice. But Ted has, everybody knows Ted's on the Pursuit channel, so he get he has cameras following him around. But Ted likes to eat, and I got a lot of funny stories about Ted and eating in restaurants, and I used to embarrass him so much um, to the point where he quit going to restaurants with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but
0: those are some stories of, me in my younger years less mature completely inappropriate for for uh podcast listeners and uh glad that part of my life is behind me but um it's uh it's always a good time when when uh I get get together with my friends so Jed I I don't like I don't want to end it like I don't but I think our times like kind of like we're we're right there borderline where we should probably call this one but man two really good episodes again and i can't i can't tell you that i appreciate you enough and i do like i i want you to know that your time is valuable to me and i know that our listeners are going to love this episode because it's just two friends hanging out talking about the things that they they love to do and just running with it right
1: i truly love coming on here it's it's a it's a it's a blast it's a pleasure to be here talking with you and i i can't wait for mondays to come so i can sit down and listen to the next episode of hunting day it's just it's the great start of the week it just is and no matter what the subject is i love listening
0: that i'll tell you what that means a lot to me and another thing that i want to do if you're okay with it, obviously this is one hundred percent up to you, and I'm not putting you on the spot here, but I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. I would love to have Daniel on. You bring Daniel on next time that you come on. I would if you're okay with it, bring Daniel on and I'll bring Ava back on and we'll like we'll let them two have a hunting tape podcast. We'll be we'll be in the background, right? We'll we'll still converse and have fun but we'll let them to have a youth like Ava's already convinced that she's taking this over when she's older and I hope she does and she told me multiple times that she's a better host than me and I mean she can be kind of mean about it but uh I would love to, to have Daniel on
1: uh, that sounds great but well, you better book for like a 45 minute to an hour slot with him because he he He's very long-winded, and uh, the questions won't stop. So he's at that phase where everything's a question. So, and he might answer his own question with another question. But uh, I think that's a great idea.
0: Awesome, awesome, and uh, man, I just love it. I love it. I absolutely do. And again, I appreciate you. I know our listeners they they love it. They the those two trap in episodes, I got so much feedback on. And I I just I think it was because of the information, but of how it was delivered and how you delivered it in a way that, if no one knew you, which most of our listeners did, they could hear your passion for what you were doing, and they could truly tell that you loved doing what you were doing. And so for that, I, I, and I, I, can't, I just, I'm kind of like, all over the place right now, but it's because my emotions are high. And uh, I I hope that our listeners do see the value in in what we're doing and how we're doing it. I am going to end this here. So Jed, if you got any, any last words, anything you want to say.
1: Hey, thanks again for having me on. Uh, Anybody wants to get a hold of me, reach out to Keystone Pursuit Outdoors on Instagram or Facebook. Anybody would be willing to uh, answer any questions you have. Just a good group of guys. So, thanks again for having me on. Really enjoyed being here. Uh, Seems like we're going to have a lot of fun here in the near future now.
0: I definitely, I definitely think so. And again, man, yes, absolutely. You're welcome on here anytime. I always have a blast. This has actually been a really good episode. Like, these last two episodes have been really great for me man, we go through stuff in life, stuff, we got to deal with it, right? But this took my mind off of some stuff today, and I really appreciate you for that. I hope if any of our listeners, if if we could be any type of beacon of light for you, I hope that we can be. And I hope that these are the episodes where you can really feel and understand the passion that we have for what we're doing and why we're doing it. And also, you know, if anybody wants to have any type of conversation about Jesus Christ and their Lord and Savior feel free to reach out to me um, I, I don't know everything and I'll never pretend that I do but I would absolutely love to have a conversation with you and uh, I think that it's something that God has put on my heart that he's calling me to do and uh, for that I'm uh, I am blessed by him and uh, that being said, I am finally going to end this because I keep saying we're, we're done, but I mean this with all of my being. I love you to all of our listeners, and I thank you. And to everybody out there listening, keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do.
1: Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at StevenRobbinsHD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.